0: back to the JKR podcast. my name is Jay Sriggling and I'm the host. today we've got a great episode for you guys we've got tons of knowledge to spread some great content. We got CEO of 1031 marketing located here in Bloomington Indiana. We've got Nate Ebel on the show 1031 marketing's got a lot of great stuff going on right now. they' even launched the Nil program this past week um, so today in the episode we discussed that talk about how how he started the Nil program talked about starting the company back a couple years ago. Also, talk about the production process of the NIL videos he did with Anthony Leo, Rob Finnessy those guys on the IU basketball team. Just dig into the company as a whole. So let's dig into that episode and I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the J Care podcast. Today I have Indiana University Alum and 1031 Marketing CEO Nate Ebel on the show. Nate. Super pumped to have you on the show. I know it's been a long time in the works. How are you doing today?
1: Hey, Jace. I'm doing great. Appreciate you having me on and looking forward to chatting today. Hey,
0: Of course. All right. So let's let's dig in a little
1: bit. So one question I always like to ask everybody as soon as they
0: uh, jump on the show. So for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Nate Ebel?
1: Yeah. So I am a uh, first and foremost, I'm a father of two boys. I got a uh, just turned four-year-old son, Rylan, and I got an almost two-year-old son, Rowan, and um, so those guys are my world. Love just spending time with them, and, uh, and then obviously my wife as well, so um, so yeah, father of two, and um, as you mentioned, uh, CEO of 1031 Marketing. I started that uh, back in 20, um, fall of 2015, I believe. Um, it'll be going on seven years this fall. And, um, yeah, IU alum, graduated, uh, back in 2011 and diehard IU sports fan, um, basketball, football, all of it. Just, yeah, love IU sports and, um, just sports in general. So yeah, big into all of that. And, um, yeah, really just right now in terms of kind of who I am is really just being a, a businessman and a father and, um yeah, that's, that pretty much keeps me pretty, pretty busy. So that's, that's kind of what I'm doing right now in this season of life, at least.
0: Yeah. So obviously 1031 marketing that's based in Bloomington and you went to IU. So are, were you raised in Bloomington or were you raised somewhere else?
1: No. So technically I was raised in, uh, Columbus, Indiana. So only about 45 minutes or so East of here. Uh, and then I was actually born in Flint, Michigan, believe it or not. Um, so back, uh, kind of pre what Flint uh is today. My parents lived there and um yeah they they moved to Indiana and then I basically grew up in Columbus and was we moved there when I was like one or two years old. So I don't even really remember anything from Michigan, but um but yeah I grew up in Columbus.
0: Okay. So obviously you graduated from IU I believe the year of 2012 from what I got off of LinkedIn. Uh, So what was your plan coming out of school? Were you planning on getting into the market industry or how exactly did you get started working in marketing?
1: Yeah. um, Yeah, you're right. It was 2012. It should have been 2011, but I transferred. So it was 2012. Um, Yeah. So uh, my degree was in journalism. My focus in that was public relations and my minor was in marketing. I always wanted to get into the marketing or PR field. Um, I didn't really know what exact kind of specific, you know, role that would look like. I just knew that that was an interest I had. So, um, my first role actually out of school, um, was actually a sales position because I couldn't find a marketing job. Um, and it was kind of like selling marketing services. Um, absolutely, absolutely hated it, uh, was definitely not cut out for, uh, the sales life in that sense, as it was um, basically like telephone sales. Uh, so just not, not for me. Um, but fortunately uh, after that um, my fiance at the time was up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And um, so I moved up there right before we got married. And it was really there when I got plugged into uh, my first kind of legit marketing position as a uh, marketing assistant at a business coaching and business consulting firm. Um, and it was really there where I got, uh, they kind of brought me in. It was a small company of about 15 people or so, um, mostly business coaches and consultants, and then kind of a small support staff. So, uh, they brought me in as kind of the young, fresh graduate who was savvy with social media and kind of digital stuff that they didn't know about. So they kind of invested in me to learn a lot more of that, um, and kind of just get to try stuff out and really kind of get into it. So um, yeah, I spent a couple of years there and, and that was really where I got my start.
0: Okay, so you got that marketing job in Milwaukee. Um, how long was it until the idea for 1031 marketing came about in your head? and then what was that process from just the idea starting to actually create in the business plan and starting the business?
1: Yeah, so I uh, pretty quickly when I worked at this business coaching firm, Um, you know, they would have us read books and you know, essentially what they did was their clients were CEOs and business owners. So um they helped coach them on just how to really like run their businesses more effectively, how to grow them, uh, how to be able to get themselves kind of removed out of the business and so that it could just kind of run itself. Um so for me to kind of like market their services, I had to really get an understanding of what they did and what that looked like. So Pretty early on there, I would say within the first, like, I started to really just see my eyes started to open up about, wow, this whole world of entrepreneurship and business ownership, um, seeing clients they had, um, seeing people that were successful there and thinking like, man, I I feel like I could do this. Or, um, you know, so I just felt like being in that environment, sitting in on workshops and seminars and conferences with them. I felt like I was basically getting like a, like a real world kind of MBA, if you will, um, just being around all those people. So it was really there when I felt like I started to get a vision for my own company. Um, it wasn't necessarily 1031 marketing at that point, but it was definitely like kind of figuring out something within marketing. So I did actually kind of toy around with a couple um, kind of side businesses or kind of like toying around with a couple startup ideas. Um, and then those basically evolved into 1031 marketing, but not until really several years later, um, which yeah, I think was back 2015. Okay.
0: So throughout that process, how long, when, once you actually came up with the idea for uh, 1031, What how long did it take to start the process of actually starting the business?
1: Yeah. So I started, uh, <clears throat> I want to say it was probably, probably the beginning of the year in 2015. Um, at that point in time, I was at a, I was at a, uh, more corporate, um, company. Um, I had left the business coaching firm, was kind of ready to go work for a corporate business, a bigger company work, just kind of get more, um, experience. And so that was kind of the cubicle life and being on a marketing team of like 12 people and, Global company, and um, at that point, I was getting—I t- was basically the internal digital marketing guy, and, and I was working closely with um, different marketing firms or marketing agencies that uh, we hired. Our company worked with externally, so I think we had like a PR firm in Milwaukee. Um, we had a digital agency in uh, LA, and I think there was one other uh, company um, we worked with in either Chicago or Milwaukee, but it was really there when I started to see like, okay, I'm, I'm getting experience now seeing how different agencies function, how they operate, um, kind of what we liked about the way they operated, what we didn't like. And um, that's really where the the idea at that point for like, okay, I, could, I think I could take all these business skills I learned from this business coaching job um, or from that industry. And then now kind of my experience in the digital marketing world, and then also getting to kind of see how agencies function on a high level. Um, And some of the like largest ones in the country, it it kind of gave me the idea of like, okay, I think I could start my own and, and really um, do this one day. And um, so that was like, yeah, the early, early on, I would say in like 2015. And then um, I think I started to just after hours and stuff, I would kind of play around with like, what would I want to call the company? Uh, what would I want to, um, you know, what kind of services would we want to offer? Who would we want to work with? And just kind of like really brainstorming and envisioning like a big picture kind of ideal state. I remember drawing like org charts of who I would want on our staff and kind of what that looked like and just planning that stuff out in our apartment up there. Um, and then uh, didn't really have any idea of when that would take off um, just because was kind of just working on it in silence, really. And then um, basically we decided that year that we were ready to uh, we wanted to, to move back to Indiana, which my wife um, is from Brazil, Indiana. So and we met at IU. So, um, yeah, we decided we wanted to move back. We were at that point both in the corporate world, um, both just kind of didn't really love that world we felt like you know we were getting the point where the the work kind of becomes your life and so we knew that we wanted to you know eventually settle down in the future and have kids and all that so um we were both a little homesick i think too so yeah we decided to move back to bloomington later that year in the fall and um i originally was looking for jobs in marketing um but Bloomington's obviously a much smaller job market than a city like Milwaukee. So there really wasn't much here. I think there was like a sales job that somebody kind of approached me with, but I wasn't trying to get into that again. Um, so basically it was at that time in the fall and um, of that year when I kind of just was like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for this because there's really no other jobs that I want down here. And uh, we were able to you know, we didn't have kids yet. We didn't have any plans to have kids anytime soon. So at that point it was like, Hey, I'm just going to go for this. And I knew, um, I had a decent network of people in Bloomington. Um, and so talked to some of them, people in the business community and decided to officially start 1031, um, you know, legally going through all that. I think it was September of 2015. And, um, yeah, that was, that was basically when it kind of, fully came to be
0: okay so as soon as you started that process of actually starting the business what would you say is probably the most difficult part of the entire process
1: um <clears throat> just with uh the actual starting it part or like anything
0: so like let's 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 say well. just actual starting it and then the first couple of years of working and learning the whole industry um yeah. just as a, as a ceo what was probably the most difficult part throughout that entire process
1: Yeah, for sure. I would say, uh, I think the starting it, um, I mean, in terms of like, just, you know, creating a company and and an entity and all that, you know, isn't too difficult. But in terms of starting it, and then trying to actually, you know, start getting some clients and start making sales. um, You know, obviously, there's some difficulty in that just in terms of, you know, um, getting your name out there, you know, basically, the services that I was offering and that I had the skill set in are the type of things that, you know, a lot of it aren't necessarily going to be overnight things, things like SEO or um, online ads or different things like that. Um, Those things take time to really kind of come to fruition. So I was doing a lot of networking events, joined some networking business groups. um, And actually, I would probably say that um, one of the most difficult things, and I wasn't even really I mean, looking back now, I don't even think I was that young. Um, I think I was like 20, 26, I guess. Um, But I think there was definitely a uh, there was definitely this kind of just vibe of people like kind of just, you know, everyone else in these networking groups were all like much older than me. Could be my dad's age or, you know, I think there was kind of just this like who's this young guy and, you know, kind of being taken seriously, if you will. So I remember being on sale, you know, trying to get clients or I would set up a sales call and it'd just be a bunch of older people and then me. And um, so I think being able to get people to kind of take you seriously and um, be able to show your experience and kind of get past maybe some of that bias of like, oh, this is just a young kid or this is just a young person. Um, So I remember actually early in the business thinking like, you know, if people would ask how old I was or when I graduated, I would I would always like think to myself, man, I can't wait till I'm like 30 or, you know, I want to be older so that these people take me a little more seriously, um, which is unfortunate. But uh, I do remember that being somewhat of a challenge. Um, and then I think, yeah, just learning kind of what it takes to um, kind of plan out your your days as a self-employed person, that was definitely a big thing. Um, You know, going from working in a, in an office in a cubicle with a team and a boss and kind of having your marching orders laid out for you. And then being, you know, home uh, just on your own schedule, especially when you just started out and you don't really have any work yet. Um, You know, it's like, okay, what do I do with my time? Like, Um, And so I remember just looking back then and there was days when I would think I was busy if I had like one client and just like, you know, it's laughable now um, because I had like so much time. But, yeah, I think planning, trying to figure that out, time management, um, you know, where to devote my time at in terms of like sales, business development, networking um, and that early growth stage. Those were all definitely challenges.
0: So so when you were starting out were you in the building that you're currently in now or were you working from home or w- where exactly were you working at, at the start of 1031 marketing
1: Yeah so I actually started out uh in the spare bedroom of our apartment um, so we we pretty much left uh we kind of went all in my wife and I and and uh you know we left some really good corporate jobs in Milwaukee and Um, basically started over from scratch with, you know, basically starting back at zero with my business. And we moved into, uh, you know, uh, a very not, you know, a a not very nice apartment that we didn't even see in person. We just, um, I think I had told one of my brothers to check it out for me. Um, he was like, Oh yeah, it's livable. And then, you know, we were basically just looking for something super cheap and, um, you know, we knew we weren't going to be there long. And so, um yeah I just spare bedroom of my apartment uh started it and was working in there every day um and the building we're in now the Dimension Mill they they actually didn't open up until uh 2018 I believe maybe 2019 um so we've been in here ever since they opened but but yeah back when I started it was just working out of my apartment in the spare bedroom
0: so, so when you started ten thirty one what uh, at that moment, did you have anyone on your staff or if that was it just you at that time?
1: yeah from from day one, it was just me uh, and with I would say, yeah, once I got a first initial few clients and then um, and then really, when clients started asking about you know, do you do websites, can you do web development and starting to ask about services that weren't specifically in my, uh, wheelhouse. That's when I started to, um, hire on subcontractors or I, I brought on our first web developer who was a subcontractor. And, um, that was like my first hire, but, um, but yeah, starting out from the first day one, it was just me just, yeah, just starting out, no investment, nothing, just me. And, and uh and a new macbook pro and a uh, spare bedroom of our apartment
0: okay all right well let's let's dig into the name of 1031 marketing so i saw you post i don't know it might have been a month month and a half ago mm-hmm. of the actual reasoning behind the name but uh, when you were coming up uh, throughout the process of naming naming your business was there different ideas that came across your head and then what was the reasoning for 1031 marketing
1: yeah so um yeah as i as i was trying to come up with names uh and I'd actually, I had uh, kind of before 1031 came to fruition, I had toyed around with a couple different business things. Um, and so there were a couple names before that for business, kind of just more so like startup ideas. Um, one was Mobile Go, um, as in like, like kind of all in one word, Mobile Go. And that was uh, when like at that time, mobile websites were becoming kind of the big thing in terms of. You know, a lot of people still didn't have a mobile website. So there was a huge need for that. So it was like, hey, we'll create you a mobile website. Um, and then there was also one that turned into uh social trend. And that was more of a like social media specific one. Um, but when I knew I was going to fully go into starting a business. Uh, yeah, I was playing around with different names I wanted. Um, I knew I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to tie it to my name just because I wanted to uh, if there was always any, you know, if I wanted to ever um, sell it or if I wanted to get out of it or anything like that, um, you know, I, I wanted to just kind of keep my name separate. But um, I know that at one point I was I was playing around with like what, you know, do I want to use agency in the name? Um, I remember going with 1031 agency for a while or, or kind of playing around with that idea Um, and then, yeah, I think the, the 1031, where that came from and and in the reel that you saw, um, yeah, I basically chose that from a, from a Bible verse, first Corinthians 1031, um, which basically talks about whatever you do, do all things for the glory of God. And, um, so I had, yeah, I had a, I had a, um, kind of come to faith moment, if you will, uh during my time at IU that kind of played a pivotal moment in my life and just turning some things around for me. And so that's always kind of been an important theme in my life. And so, um, and just, yeah, the opportunities that I feel like I was able to get and just, you know, be blessed with uh, that was, I definitely wanted to kind of tie something that was maybe like faith, faith faith-based into the name. Um, And then I know there was some other, can't remember off the top of my head, but I I know there were some other companies that had kind of like some numbers tied into it. Um, And so, yeah, I kind of came up with 1031 based off of like, what are some Bible verses I like? Um, And then I also knew that I wanted to come up with a name that was going to be like very unique and that it wasn't a common thing. So that basically for search engine purposes, when people searched it, like I was going to be the only one that showed up. So Uh, And then the marketing came up because uh, there was a actually some training I did at that business coaching job. Uh, There was a company called um, I think it was called I Love Marketing. And uh, I did some digital training courses with them and always just yeah, really benefited from what they did and kind of like liked what they did as a company. And that name always really stuck with me. Um, And it's obviously just kind of super obvious Then what what they do. I feel like agency can be a little bit more vague. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I landed on 10th row marketing was, you know, I had some personal meaning, um, also tied in the marketing aspect, obviously. And then, uh, it was unique in that, you know, all the domains were available. It had good, you know, there wasn't going to be competition on search engines for it. So that's kind of where, where I landed at with it.
0: Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the evolution of 1031 marketing. So how long was it before you guys started to grow? And then what do you think the main reason for that growth was
1: um, for the company? Um, yeah. So we, we've definitely grown. Um, we've grown organically like every year since we started nothing like, you know, massive where we needed to bring on all of a sudden, like 20 people or anything, but um, I was always very strategic and patient um, with kind of how we grew because I didn't want to grow too fast and, and then, you know, not be able to handle that growth. And I also didn't want to try and grow too soon, um, before I had had kind of my feet wet enough in the business world and just in the world of running an agency and finding out kind of what we wanted it to be, what we wanted our niche to be. Um, and so, I've always been just kind of patient and strategic with that. Um, and it's really not been until the last, I would say like, um, year, maybe two years that we've, that I've really kind of like decided, okay, like, all right, we've, we've got the vision now we're ready to actually like scale this thing a lot. Um, but as I mentioned, yeah, the first kind of hire, the first person I brought on was a contractor as a web developer. So we could start, you know, I was able to do the, uh, I was able to do the digital marketing stuff. um, And then we were also able to start uh, offering websites. Um, And then it was within that same first year. I think it was probably, uh, I think it would have been around like summer, July or August of uh, 2016. So not quite a full year in business yet. But uh, I remember at that time, at that point in time, we had signed like our, our largest client to date. Um, like a monthly recurring revenue client. And uh, at that point, I was able to um, basically bring my wife on full time um, with me too. And her background, she worked at uh, she worked in advertising at um, the Kohl's corporate offices, uh, which is why we were up in Milwaukee in the first place. But um, so so she was kind of my first full time with me. And so we were actually yeah, we literally had like two uh two desks back together in our spare bedroom in the apartment and we would both be working there every day and then we were both in different networking groups and so she definitely played a pivotal role early on with me um and then uh yeah over time we then um trying to think what the years would have been we we slowly then started to bring on like additional contractors um kind of sp- different specialized contractors so within kind of our service offerings um, we would start to kind of bring on specialized subcontractors that, you know, I was able to kind of be more of the kind of marketing director and strategy and creative, and then kind of have these specialists do the actual execution of some of it. Um, And then we started to uh, hire on another full-time person um, back in 20, 2018, I believe. Um, and then we fired a couple more since then. Um, and then we've also since, um, we've since brought on basically like a partner, kind of a partner agency, if you will, um, where we've got basically full access to their staff. Um, and so they're kind of like on full-time with us, which is really good because it allows us to basically, basically scale and have the bandwidth for any project that might come our way without, you know, having to put up 10 job ads um, to hire people like tomorrow. So yeah, um, it's kind of just slowly organically grown, but um, definitely in the last year and now, now, and especially in, in kind of even just the last few months, we're, we're kind of ready to kind of put the, put our foot on the gas and really start to try and grow this thing.
0: Yeah. Um. So obviously adding that partner agency is huge for you guys. But um, even further in in depth with that, as you guys head into the future, what do you think your vision vision and some of your goals are for the company heading into the future?
1: Yeah, so um, obviously we, uh, we've started to get somewhat involved into the sports world, um, which has been a huge thing for us. Um, you know, for the first really six – well, I guess, yeah, five, six years, we basically – you know, we exclusively worked with mostly – small and medium-sized businesses. Um, and, you know, we had kind of dabbled a few times in specific uh, niches and d- deciding do we want to try and grow in this specific industry or um, maybe grow in this specific service uh, realm. But really when uh, when the NIL stuff happened, um, you know, we kind of just started dabbling in that and just kind of seeing what would come of it started doing stuff with players on our doing some deals with players on our own just creating some like creative video content just in a in a fun way to kind of show what was possible um do something a little different with NIL and then that really led to some new relationships and opportunities that have kind of opened the doors for us to kind of be more involved in that sports world um and so really we are now kind of in a lot of ways feels like we're kind of functioning as a startup, even though we've existed and have a team and have been around six years. Um, our vision is, is kind of, we're kind of like rebranding in a slight way, still offering the same stuff, but, um, we're basically pivoting to kind of a different, uh, market. So starting to work with much larger companies, larger brands, um, offering a lot more on the strategy and creative side, um, and then getting more involved with influencer marketing and, um, you know, that obviously ties into sports and working with athletes. And so kind of our goals for that is um, I kind of see like almost two divisions, if you will, where um, we continue with our business side, where we're working with uh, larger companies and, um, you know, coming on to do everything for, for them in the realm of strategy with what is their – what is what are their – goals as a business, what do they want to be in three, five, 10 years, and then us putting together the marketing and branding strategy to get them there. Um, and then the creative and the digital execution for that. Um, and then kind of on the sports side, the vision there is really to, uh, you know, be able to help athletes um, and really help them build their brands. And, you know, athletes are influencers and influencers are basically businesses as individuals. So, kind of the same thing, but it's more as individuals. So, um, so yeah, our goal is really to, to try and grow that, um, and just get more laser focused into that kind of realm and and see how that, uh, evolves into the sports world, especially, um, we've been doing some work for a professional sports agency. And so, um, you know, I know that we would love to continue to, you know, have more experience in that realm and that's been super fun. So, um, so yeah, our, our goals are really to continue to, um, kind of hone in on this new direction. And, um, I think the sports aspect is going to be a big part of that. Um, but yeah, I know we, we want to grow our team, um, by a lot. Um, I think we're going to be moving into a, an even larger office here, um, in our current building. Um, not hundred percent positive on it yet, but it sounds like it'll probably happen, and so I know we're trying to bring on a couple new uh, employees, hopefully this summer, start some new internship programs. And so, yeah, we're, we're trying to kind of move into scaling mode um, and see where we can take this thing.
0: All right. So from that, we've got a lot of stuff to dig into from that. So let's start off with some of those new internship programs you guys got going on. What, mm-hmm. is, what are some of the ideas you got going for those internship programs? And then for maybe for some college kids listening, what are some things you'd be looking for just in terms of the individual, um, for the intern
1: internship. Yeah. So, uh, we, we started to get a lot of, um, a lot of students, a lot of recent grads, uh, reaching out to us when we started to to do videos with some of the basketball players. Um, we would get people reaching out and asking if we had any internships or just saying they loved what we were doing. And, um, you know, asking if we had any job openings, anything like that. So, um, it was cool to see right away that, you know, people liked what we were doing. They wanted to be involved. Um, and then as we started to work with this pro agency, um, there was a lot of work coming in for that. So, um, kind of between that and then also some of the kind of NIL stuff we were trying to figure out, like really, where do we, where do we find our value here? Where do we see ourselves fitting in this, in this world? Um, it made sense to basically just open up like a sports marketing internship. So, so we've got a sports marketing intern right now that we brought in. Um, he was a former uh, manager for the women's basketball team. Um, he'd like started an athletic, um, he started an athletic program for a, a high school down in Evansville. So he's been great. Um, he's working with us now and he's kind of done twofold where he's helped He's kind of been the point guy on a lot of the stuff for this pro agency for work we have for them. Uh, we do a lot of videos for them, and um, you know, prepping them, helping them out with getting ready for pitch meetings to players they're trying to sign for pros, pro representation. Um, but then also, we you know brought him on to help us kind of figure out and build um, kind of a sports division and and specific to NIL and kind of what we want to do with it. Um, so that's kind of evolved over the semester that he's been here. Um, but I think now um and we'll be announcing I think here next week. Um we we recorded the video announcements the edits back and kind of nail down some other stuff before we officially announce it. But um yeah, we're gonna be rolling out basically some brand development stuff that we're offering to uh college athletes now. Um and so yeah, be working working more closely with players. And, you know, at 1031, kind of, as I mentioned, doing a bit of a kind of refocus of what, who we are and, and a little bit of a rebrand We're we're essentially, you know, existing at this point, we want to build brands that people love. And so uh, that applies to businesses as well as individuals. And so, um, so we want to be able to tie everything back to that. And for the purpose of, um, you know, great brands transform the human experience. And so, the uh, so, yeah, the, the sports marketing current internship, um, it's, it's been a lot of kind of just, hey, we're figuring this out, figure it out with us. And uh, um, I do know we're going to be announcing one, though, for uh, specifically to help out with some of the college athletes we start working with um, to do a lot of kind of video behind the scenes, being available to follow players around and get content, um, being here in our office to help get behind the scenes video content. Um, and then kind of just, yeah, we're also excited to allow the interns too to kind of help them build their brands in the process. So kind of getting to show different perspectives of, um, myself, I know I need to start stepping it up and, and showcasing this more, but here's kind of my perspective and behind the scenes as the, as the owner and CEO. And then kind of 1031 is here's this perspective from the agency side, uh, the players, Here's their perspective, and then even now, like the interns getting to kind of show like, hey, I'm interning for ten thirty one and I'm getting to you know work closely with these players and um you know go meet up with them and get content and film and so so we're basically looking for um we'll be looking for people that love sports um they love they love um, they love great brands um you know they love marketing media content, kinda anything within that. And they're, they're, you know, they're, they're hungry, they're willing to learn. And um, those are kind of the type of people we're looking for. And then we do have another uh, intern right now who's more on our business side, but she's even kind of evolving now into helping with the sports stuff. But she does some creative advertising stuff for us. Um, But we definitely plan to kind of develop that program out as time goes on um, and work more closely with not only IU uh, interns, but also interns, around the country at different schools, wherever we're working with players at, we would love to have interns at those schools who can kind of be the point person to work directly with players uh, who we've kind of brought on for brand development. Okay. Yeah. So
0: let's talk about the athlete influencer marketing that you've been talking about these past couple of minutes. So obviously NIL, that regulation was passed by the NCAA July 1st. How long was it before you realized, Hey, this might be something that uh, myself and 1031 marketing might be interested in working in?
1: Yeah, it really wasn't uh it's kind of funny because as big of a like as much as I'm tuned into the sports world and college sports and IU sports especially, like for whatever reason it didn't really even click with me right off the bat that like it was something that we directly would get involved with. Um when the announcement first came and July 1st passed, like I remember just being intrigued to see kind of what players would be doing certain things and what that would look like and to be honest the first thought I had was how can this benefit our clients um I wasn't thinking about doing anything for 1031 but um I I sent an email out to all of our clients and was basically educating them on the opportunities there and saying that hey there's there's this new ruling that's passed um This is a great way, especially if you're a small local business, to partner with college athletes who have huge influence. And especially, you know, as it was brand new and, you know, it really is still brand new, like um, and then knowing, you know, what knowing what marketing costs on the digital advertising side and uh, traditional advertising side, I knew that like, hey, you're getting a really, really good bang for your buck here partnering with athletes. Um, and so, yeah, I started to originally think about how could we do this for clients? Um, and so that was really the first thing we did was try and really like pitch it to our clients and not even in a way that it was like, you know, we're trying to represent players or get anything, but really just like, Hey, this is an opportunity. Um, you're our marketing client. We know this is a good marketing opportunity. So we think you should be doing, we think you should be connecting with some athletes um And so that was the first thing we did was we did set up a couple things for some, for some IU basketball players, for um, some clients of ours. And then I think after kind of realizing that some of the – a lot of the clients really, I think, just weren't really – they didn't really know yet what NIL was going to look like. They kind of weren't really ready to jump into it. And so there was a few that I think – We're willing to do it, Um, but it seemed like most of them were kind of like, well, this is new. We don't really know what it's going to look like. So I think we'll just wait a bit. And so at that point, I'd already started to connect with some different players um, at IU. And so at that point, I was like, well, shoot, maybe we just do something with them. Um, And so then from there, you know, I started getting ideas of, you know, maybe we can do some ads with players promoting our services and, Um, it kind of just snowballed from there and, um, yeah, that's kind of how it got kicked off.
0: So once you did start working with athletes and you decided to launch an NIL program coming up here these next couple of days, um, how long did that process take to, uh, develop that NIL department and what types of services you'll be providing for the athletes?
1: Yeah. So, uh, we started, um, yeah, we started just either pairing athletes with clients of ours, Or And then obviously doing our own deals with players. So um, as most people, you know, if anyone has seen, we started doing some videos with Anthony Leal. um, And we wanted to kind of do a kind of more funny series. Um, And we didn't even really initially think that it would be like a drawn out series. But, um, you know, we did the first one and it got a lot of really good yeah, got a lot of really good feedback. People liked it. And so we tried to then just capitalize on it. We're like, man, we got to keep this thing going. So um, that kind of evolved into us just bringing more guys into the future ones and trying to just kind of build each, each video on the next one. And um, it kind of turned into more of like we weren't even at that point, we weren't even really like utilizing that fully as ads. But it was like, hey, we just kind of want to show people like you can do Utilize NIL in creative ways um, and also showcasing that like these players, you know, they can do creative stuff. It doesn't have to just be, you know, a a generic photo shoot or a meet and greet or something. But it's like, you know, they can do different things on camera and video. So um, but as we were doing that, I think, uh, yeah, as time went on um, and that first one, I think, was um, I believe in October. um, I think from there we. Well, and then too, I'll mention, yeah, we, we also, uh, had, had brought or partnered with Miller cop. He had announced that he was doing a, uh, he was going to utilize NIL to start a YouTube channel and a blog. And we thought that was awesome. Cause like, we're all about just, you know, content creation. And, um, so, you know, we offered to help him to produce that, provide the video filming and editing and help with creative content ideas and different things. And, um, and so from there we over the next uh, like seven months or so, really, we were kind of, kind of trying to get you know involved in NIL in as many different ways as we could, um, and I think while doing that, we were also trying to figure out we know there's something here and there's opportunity, but like what is it specifically for us? Um, and obviously, there was all kinds of different, you know organizations or communities or agents or people that were popping up um, offering representation or all kinds of stuff. Um, And I know we kind of for a while we had met with different players and we're asking them like, you know, are you getting deals? Like, what's your experience? You know, kind of getting their feedback on everything because it was pretty obvious, you know, that um, it seemed like players were, you know, they were maybe getting you know, some minimal education, uh, at the schools in terms of NILs here, here's what you can do. Um, but then they were kind of left on their own to kind of figure it out or kind of know how to leverage it. You know, didn't really have a guide there, if you will. Um, so for a while, we thought about, do we maybe, um, help players create their own content for maybe like sample ads to then reach out to businesses, to help them get deals. And then, you know, we kind of partner with the business to provide the creative and the production and all of that. Um, But really what, you know, as time went on, the more we talked to different companies, uh, we talked to some different um, NIL collectives and talked to some different like pro agents and different agents that represent players in that space and trying to figure out where do we see the biggest need that's not being filled. And then like, how can that fit into where we feel like we bring the best value? Um, And that kind of fully culminated uh, really like in the last two weeks uh, after just a lot of conversations, a lot of kind of whiteboard, brainstorming, talking it out, trying to figure out what does this look like? We basically like our kind of real value add here for players is to help them build their brands. And, uh, kind of what we mean by that is um, helping them build their brand beyond just their sport, um, but building it into, you know, really we want to empower or we want to educate, empower and equip them to be able to build their brands um, while they're in school right now so that they can maximize their NIL value so that they will have more NIL opportunities, more businesses that are reaching out to them. Um, I think, You know, it's a lot of players, I think, thought that once NIL happened, that they're they would just be, you know, getting blown up all the time with businesses wanting to pay them and then realizing that like, oh, it's not that easy. And so, you know, for us, it's like, yeah, businesses are going to want to partner with players who have good brands. They're active on social media. um, They have a personality they're You know, they're very multifaceted. And so, um, yeah, we, we really saw that and, and getting to kind of do a lot of this unofficially with someone like Miller Copp, um, seeing and talking with him and just hearing him share about, like, the value we brought to him and kind of just, yeah, landed on, you know, re- you've got agents who are representing players um, in terms of, you know, getting them deals, orchestrating those. Uh, you've got um, companies and who are – you know, partnering with players. Uh, you've got, you know, different groups like NIL collectives that are fundraising to help pair up with players. But um, we realize that there's not a ton of people that are um, just solely focusing on, like, helping them build their brands. Um, and so so that's, that's essentially what we landed on. And uh, um, it's kind of what we're doing for some players already with this pro agency. Um, but we want to be able to offer it to more, more college players. Um, So we're excited to see what it might turn into and how it can evolve. But um, yeah, we're going to start it off as kind of a select thing where um, obviously we can't do it for just an unlimited amount of players. But, you know, we're passionate about wanting to help these guys, you know, feel empowered and equipped and be able to help them as little or as much as they need uh, to build up their brand and to, to see, you know, how they can leverage this golden opportunity while they're in school and they have all these eyes on them to be able to um not only make make some money now, but also to be set up uh beyond sports career. Um, because you know, you look at any any professional or um once they've, you know, retired from sports, you've you've got differences in guys like a Shaq or a Peyton Manning who you know, they're still doing commercials all the time and all these brand deals, um, but then you got other guys that once they're done with sports, you never hear from them. So you can see the power of, of, a, of a great brand that, you know, guys like Shaq have built. Um, so that's kind of what we want to help players with.
0: So what is your plan for out- athlete outreach? Are you planning on just reaching out to a select few people? Or are you planning on having like an application process? Are you planning on being with just IU athletes? So what exactly is your plan on that side of things?
1: Yeah, so uh, right now we've got, um, you know, we're basically going to f- kind of formally uh, announce it with, with Miller as our first kind of official guy that obviously we've already been doing stuff with him in kind of an unofficial way um, and, and built a great relationship there. So and we love working with him. And so we're going <laughs> to we're going to uh, kind of expand our role with him and, um, you know, bring on an intern to do, be able to do a lot more with him. Um, we've got a couple players that um, we've got a couple players that some people have referred to us that are here at IU. Um, that you know, once we make the announcement, um, we'll probably reach out to them. I know that uh, after talking with some people, and they you know they were people in the NIL collective space that you know recommended they had some players that they thought would be beneficial for this, and we could help out. So. Uh, and then there's some players with the, uh, the pro agency we work with that, um, we'll probably, you know, again, we're kind of, some of these guys we're kind of unofficially doing some of this, but, um, kind of doing it in more than more of an official capacity. So, uh, I think, you know, the immediate plan is that we'll make the announcement and kind of just see what the response is right off the bat. Um, and we'll probably start it out where, where there is an application. It's, you know, if you want to be. If you want to learn more about this or be a part of this, um, you know, there's a simple application. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely not limited to IU. Um, you know, we've done stuff already with players, players around the country. So, um, yeah, we definitely want to, you know, be able to expand beyond IU. Obviously IU is in our backyard and, you know, we're all IU fans. So it's, it's fun getting to do that stuff in person, but, um, You know, we also want to be able to bring on interns at different schools around the country to work with players. So um, I think that, yeah, we've we've had some players in mind that um, we've thought about, you know, reaching out to um, that we've kind of identified as like, hey, these are people that kind of like when we saw Miller, uh, when he announced his his YouTube, you know, we're kind of like, hey, this guy's trying to build a brand. Um, He's creating content. This is kind of unique. Not many players are doing this. So. Um, you know, we've kind of identified some other people that we feel like are in that similar space, um, that we can provide value to. And I think the, the, the players that, that understand it, that see the value in it, you know, they're going to, they're going to want to, you know, they'll, they'll be interested. The ones that don't, won't. And so I think a lot of that will kind of take care of itself, but, um, but yeah, the hope is that obviously there'll be players that are interested, but, um, I think we'll have to be strategic in terms of, you know, who all we're able to work with because, you know, we're not, you know, we're not getting paid anything to do this for Miller. So, um, you know, right now it's, it's not a thing that we're, you know, we're not making any money on it. Um, But, you know, we're, we're excited to see where it could go to and what it would evolve into um, in terms of different, you know, different groups that we can be in touch with that, you know, will eventually turn it into something that's, you know, profitable for us as well.
0: Yeah. I I mean, like I said, I love what you're doing. I believe like that's the reason I reached out to you back in the fall. I love that meeting that we had, Uh, Mm -hmm. but moving back into some of those meetings you had with those pro agencies, what were probably some of the biggest things you guys learned overall in just terms of marketing in uh, sports?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, I think that, um, yeah, just seeing that like, I mean, yeah, really learning that that marketing is such a huge piece of sports. Um, You know, looking at most, if you look at a lot of pro agencies that, you know, have been around and are established and they've got, you know, a lot of big name players, they represent brands, players, teams, leagues, like, you know, in a lot of ways, they're marketing companies. Um, Obviously, they've got their agents that, you know, they coordinate deals and all that, but, um, they represent the players, they orchestrate contracts and all those things that you would think of. But, um, a lot of these agencies, you look at their websites and you'll see that, you know, 90% of their job openings are marketing positions. And so, um, you know, and you think of most pro athletes, especially the big name ones, you know, they've got majority of those guys have people that are managing their social media for them. They've got people that are, you know, basically protecting, managing and building their brands. And so, um, I think for us just learning that, you know, it's, a yeah, one, it's, it's a, just a super exciting world. Um, I think, yeah, we were super fortunate to kind of get recognized through some of the content we did, um, which opened up some cool new relationships that, uh, has opened up doors of opportunity for us, um, that we probably wouldn't have had otherwise, but, um, I think, yeah, just learning that the other thing, too, I think I've learned is, is that, yeah, you know, ultimately, players are looking for people that are, um, you know, whether it's a pro or college, um, players are looking for people that they can trust, people that are authentic, people that are not just looking to get something out of them. They're not trying to just, you know, make money off of them or anything, but really looking at somebody who is trying to help them out and provide value to them um, whether they get anything back in return at all. So I think that, you know, you can look at different pro pro examples of, of players who have had maybe bad deals or they got uh, maybe burned by their agent or just, you know, different things, unethical stuff that maybe went down. And um, I think just with the nature of that, type of celebrity or that type of influencer at the pro or college level. Like, you know, that's the biggest thing I've learned is that these guys, you know, guys and gals, they're just, um, they're so used to people just wanting stuff from them. And, um, so I I think learning that like being able to just, you know, be a normal person to them and just, you know, provide value and help to, uh, educate, empower them. Um, you know, I think can make a huge difference, and uh, the ones that, you know, the ones that understand it, I think, you know, are super receptive, and then really see the value in it. And uh I think that's where then a lot of the opportunity lies.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. I believe authenticity is, pro- is something that lacks a lot of ways in sports, just in terms of player representation, uh, just mm-hmm. in almost every facet. There's a lot of just. I mean, I've been, I've got got some experience working with a couple guys. Uh, since this fall, just since NIL started. Authenticity is definitely something that I have just seen overall as something that's probably lacking in a lot of ways in sports. So I completely Mm. agree that way. And like I said, I love what you guys are doing. That's why I wanted to get you on. And actually, we're going to work out perfect because you said you're going to launch this Monday, which is the 18th, and we got this episode, which is about to launch the 22nd. So it's going to be perfect. Uh, Get some people to listen in, see what you guys are about. But, Nate, that's all the questions I got for you. Um, I'm really thankful for you to come on the podcast. Hopefully we can get you on here uh, soon. Talk about the evolution of your NIL program, maybe this fall, something like that. But Nate, like I said, I'm really thankful for you coming on the show and I'm excited to see what you guys do.
1: Yeah, appreciate it, man. It's been fun. And uh, yeah, enjoy kind of seeing from afar what you're up to as well. And um, yeah, just, yeah, grateful for you having me on. um, And yeah, always happy to jump on whenever you need and uh, appreciate it.
0: And that's going to do it for today's episode. Another great episode in the books. Really like to thank Nate for coming on the show today. Definitely learned a lot from him. Can't wait to see what him and his 1031 marketing team has in store. Looks like they're headed in the right direction. Looks like they're heading to a lot of great things. These next couple of weeks, we'll be interviewing some more baseball players. So, we've got our first multi person, our first in person interview that I posted about a couple of weeks ago. That's going to be launching here next week. We've got uh, Indiana freshman left fielder Carter Matheson, freshman first baseman and catcher Brock Tibbets, and freshman third baseman Josh Pine. A great interview there. I'm looking forward to publishing that for all you guys to listen to. Um, that's going to be available here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and even YouTube as well. Then we're going to dig right into the Texas baseball series sponsored by Evolve Baseball Training. It's going to be a couple of week of just nothing but Texas baseball content with people from Texas, people committed to Texas schools. So I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be a great couple of weeks here coming up. Um, just for more updates on the podcast, go follow our social medias, Twitter, Instagram. It's going to be at JKR underscore podcast. Also check out our website, www.jkrpodcast.com. Uh, that's where you're going to find all the updates here for the podcast. Be able to listen to every any episode you'd like. Go watch any episodes that you like that's on the YouTube. Um, so just dig into that. Um, I'll catch you guys next week as we got the IU baseball series coming up. Um, so we'll see you then.